in front of me, I have a book. I have a book, and the book is called The Definitive Book of Body Language by Alan and Barbara Pease. I always get pre-podcast anxiety when I do these. I don't know what it is. It's like some apprehension that I'm going to screw it up, and I feel a little bit tight in my voice. But we're going one take. We're not restarting. When I first started doing podcasts, right, going off a bit of a tangent, I would do the intro so many times, like, so many times, unless unless I'm really on it and check myself and make sure I don't do it, I'll do it again and again and again and again, probably like eight, nine, ten times. I'm like, oh, my voice went a bit more high pitched there. My tonality changed. I got a bit tense. My throat was a bit tight and it made me sound not very confident in what I'm saying or insecure. I'd be like doing it again and again and again and again. But you know what? Fuck it. Life is too short for that. So we're going straight in, we're rolling it, we're not doing any of these false starts anymore. No cuts, nothing. Don't have a script, as per usual. About 10 minutes ago, I was sat on my balcony eating some eggs, eating some sourdough, some eggs cooked in a bit of butter. Beautiful, some salt, some sea salt, some pepper on top. It was a wonderful, lovely meal on the balcony in the sunshine. And I thought, what could I do a podcast on? And I was like, you know what? I read this book recently that I really, really, really enjoyed. And it's the definitive book of body language. And I've read body language books in the past. I think this book is great. The definitive book of body language and what everybody's saying. I'm going to make a podcast on my on body language and how I think it is one of the most overlooked things in modern day society today. It's a language that everyone speaks across the world. It's a language that is is relevant across species. It is something that everyone should have a foundation everyone does have some kind of some kind of understanding of it whether you know it or not but people should go out of their way to develop a greater understanding in body language especially men especially if you're a man and especially if you're a woman as well but it's kind of two different things so for men uh it's going to really really benefit you in terms of courtship in terms of like meeting people in terms of meeting women in terms of being a woman it's going to benefit you in terms of business and doing doing better in your job and being a being a better quote unquote professional. So anyhow, right, what I'm going to talk about is body language today. And the key takeaways from the book that I just read, like some things that stood out to me, some interesting, interesting facts, some interesting bits, and kind of my own take on it and how you can improve your body language and how it can improve your life. So as I said a minute ago, it's this it's this language that is across across continents, across cultures, across species. Dogs are able to pick up on the body language of humans. We can pick up on the body language of animals. And it's this language that dates back hundreds of thousands of years before we were able to have this complex pattern of speech and language that we do right now. You're listening to me talk. Before we had this, before we had a series of grunts or whatever, we would look at each other and we communicate with each other in the natural world by what the body is doing, by how people's by people's deliberate gestures, by people's subconscious gestures and mannerisms, we'd communicate in that way. And you can communicate with body language. You can watch, try watching a film. A great way to get good at body language is watching, watch a film or watch TV and mute it. Mute it and just kind of see if you can work out what's going on. Obviously, that's acting, so it's not going to be as accurate, but something I like to do as well, as a saying, and it's the only difference between a, between a stalker and someone 
observing your body la- or observing another's body language is a notepad. What I like to do as well is if you're in a public place, if you're somewhere where people meet, so an airport, at a train station, uh, at, a, at a pub or a bar and you're just sat there, just observe other people, see how, see how they act, see how they interact and you can soon see well, if you if you have a, a basis understanding in body language and human interaction, you can work out the dynamics of relationships, you can work out roughly what they're saying, you can work out if they're in a positive mood and a negative mood, you can work out if they're, if they're, uh, if they're a couple if they're on their first date, how well they know each other, if they're really comfortable with each other's presence, if, they, if she says something that offends him, who out of the, the three, if there's a group of three, who out of that group is the least liked. You can work out so much shit and it is absolutely fascinating. But anyway, on to like real-time applications in life. Um, body language then. It has multiple, multiple different uses and multiple numerous different things there is a plethora it's, it's pretty much every every part of human communication is is, is down to body language and uh there's i've said this many many times and it's approximately 45 percent of our behavior is from our body language 45 percent of our while well, human communication is from our tonation of voice and the remaining 10 percent is from the words that we're actually saying. So on podcasts, for example, it's all going to be in the tone of my voice. So that's going to be kind of overwhelmingly important because obviously you can't see me. So if you meet someone for the first time or if you're communicating with someone, this is from a 1950s study. They came up with the following figures. It's about only 7% of what you're saying contributes to human human communication. 7% of the words coming out of your mouth. It's around 50% or around 40 around. 47%, something around that mark. I've got the book here. Around 40%. Oh, 38% is vocal, so the tonation of your voice. And 55% of your communication is nonverbal. So your body language and your mannerisms and things. So it's I would say it's more important to be able to understand body language and have a solid foundation in body language and be able to control your own state than it is to, for example, speak a second language. Like if I had to choose between a, a, a strong foundation, like understanding and being able to read people's cues and body language versus being fluent in another language, I'm English, we're, we're, uh, we're very, what's the word? Obnoxious. We're like Americans. We don't learn other languages. It's not drilled into us at school. Um, I choose body language. And I, I, I would love to be able to speak another language fluently. I can speak like a few, few words in a few different languages. But I would always choose body language because it is universal. It's across species. It across it's across cultures. You got to understand that the body doesn't lie. So if someone says something, uh, the way that they're feeling about something, and or they just tell you a lie, they tell you something that isn't true, you cannot cover it up. You can attempt to cover it up. You can be a good liar where you're able to mask more of these cues, more of the things that you look for, but the body does not lie. Ow, we'll... we'll, we'll we can be, we can know everything about body language in the world, but you're never going to be able to fully cover up a lie. Like it just can't fucking happen, man. It can't happen. It's why a lot of FBI, FBI negotiations, not negotiations, FBI interrogations are filmed and then they're reviewed and other things because you, you look at the mannerisms, you look at the micro gestures, you look at incongruencies in behavior. So for example, if I was to tell you a lie or if someone is telling you a lie, they might have more eye contact. They're going to smile less. They might increase the rate at which they blink. If you tell someone something they don't want to hear, they might close their eyes for a prolonged period of time, or they might look away, or they might 
touch their ear because they're trying to it's a, it's a their brain basically trying to distance themselves between this negative emotion or this negative thing with, that you're you're feeling lying is a very negative thing as well so we become uncomfortable we're trying to we're trying to trying to block it out we try and soothe ourselves so if you're if someone's telling a lie they might stumble they might fumble on their words they might uh, there might be a something called a pacifying behavior where they like touch their lip. Um, there's also things that, that happen such as when you lie, you release catecholamines, which I think they irritate receptors in your nose. So you actually, so quite often when people lie, they, they touch their nose. But what I'm trying to say is that body language is like steroids for life. It's like steroids for everything in the sense that steroids for human communication. If you know about body language, your life is going to be a whole lot better. So enough blabbering on anyway. I'll go straight into it. Um, and I see too many guys, far too many guys, right, walking around in this like kythotic, head down, shoulders arched, arms crossed state. And what it's doing, if you've got bad body language, if you're someone that walks around like that, if you're someone that isn't very confident, because if you do walk around like that, if you find yourself crossed arms a lot, you're not going to be a very confident person. You're going to live up to that. You're going to live up to that state that you're putting yourself in. Like, let, let's think about it, okay? Do you ever see someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, someone like really confident, someone really outgoing? Uh, who else have we got? I don't know, even Donald Trump, for example, someone that's uh, obviously president of the United States, he's very sure of himself, some would say overly sure, um, you know, somewhat obnoxious at times. Uh, just think of big, prominent like figures. Would you ever see them sat, sat there or stood there with their arms crossed, with their shoulders hunched, with their head, head down? Absolutely not. No, you wouldn't. Now, think of someone with that, that you might walk past in the street. Maybe you're outside walking now. Look for someone that has their arms crossed and is in this kythotic, this closed position. They're gonna. They're probably gonna be more insecure. They're gonna be in a negative mindset. They're gonna be worried. They're gonna be anxious. They're gonna be nervous. So body language is kind of broken into two states. We have this openness, which is associated with positivity, where we're we're open, as in our arms aren't crossed. Maybe our maybe our hands are out by our sides. They're open. We're leaning on something. Our legs are splayed apart. Our legs aren't crossed. Versus this clo closed state, which is this negative state, where our legs might be crossed. Our arms might be folded. And you might be thinking, Mo, but. I just cross my arms when I'm cold. It's not because I'm not because I'm insecure. It's not because I'm negative. It's not because I have any negative emotions or anything like that. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. You might cross your arms when you're chilly. You might do that. But you probably don't. You probably just don't do it when you're cold. So you might have the argument that, okay, it just feels right. It's just comfortable. Think about this. If you're with a, if you're with your family, if you're at a meal with your, with your mum, for example, or you're just like you and her, you're having, having an absolutely wonderful time. You're having a great meal. Like you're, you just love being in a company or maybe with your girlfriend, same thing. You're, you're having a meal together. There's absolutely no worries, no stress whatsoever. How, how are you going to be sat? Are you going to be sat with your arms crossed? Like try it now. Cross your arms. Cross your arms and hunch your shoulders a little bit. Are you going to be sat with your arms crossed, like all tight? Or are you going to assume an open, nice and relaxed body language? So it feels right because you are in the mindset of being closed and being in this like slightly negative frame. If you're, if you put yourself in this like open frame, that's, that might feel wrong because you're in a ne negative mood, but due to state control, it's going to make you feel it's going to make you feel better and put you in a more positive light. So anyway, we've 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 gone around the bush like loads and loads of times as of now. Back to the point. I see too many guys, especially guys and girls as well, because a lot of women do it. Um, 
Closed body language is a big no-no. Closed body language is bad. It's something that you should, if you take one thing away from this podcast, it's do not cross your arms. Don't cross your arms. Just don't do it. Unless you're dying of hypothermia, don't cross your arms. So when you cross your arms, you've got to understand that everything we do has like a, has like a, comes from somewhere. So back in the day, but tens of thousands of years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, when we were evolving animals, when we lived in incredibly dangerous times, when there was violence, when there was fights, when we risked death, when the average life expectancy is probably about 28 years old, we would be faced with danger on a daily basis. And your your the front part of you is a very vulnerable part. We've evolved from walking on all fours up to two legs. And for an animal that walks on all fours, they've got their belly or their like undercarriage is is a parallel to the ground. It's protected by the ground. Their back has all these ribs, has this spine. So if something tries to attack them, it's got it's got got to get through the ribs first and the spine first. It's going to be quite difficult. But as we've, we've evolved and we've moved onto our hind legs, we've still got this vulnerability. Obviously, we've got a rib cage, but we've got all of our torso and our midsection exposed. So what that means is that we've got all these vital organs, all these important parts in our in our in our body, and they're incredibly vulnerable. So if we go, if we're attacked by something or if we were attacked by something, the first instinct is if someone pretends to punch you, you flinch, don't you? And you might put your arms up or you might cover your face and you cover your chest. The first instinct is going to be to cover up the vulnerable regions. So in body language then, if we're looking at, looking at, um, looking at cues and certain traits and behaviors in body language, if someone is doing a covering type gesture where they're arms are going over their torso or their arms are covering their chest or anything like that, a self-hugging gesture, arms crossed, whatever it is, that is an indication that you are scared, that you're worried that you're going to be attacked, that somewhere in your brain you are in a negative, a negative mood and you're concerned. Obviously you could be cold, but that's just very, very, that's very unlikely. And the thing you've got to realize as well that no one cue is in isolation is really, really relevant for telling for telling how someone feels. So you don't want to be crossing your arms because it's gonna it's a closed attitude. It's a closed behavior and it's gonna make you look less approachable. It's gonna make you look more negative. It's gonna make you look more vulnerable. It's gonna make you look like a scared little boy or a scared little girl. So walking around with your arms closed is like you're you're hugging yourself. You're self-pacifying yourself because you're so petrified and scared of the world. You might, you're, you're anxious, whatever it is. And you might be anxious. You might be worried. You might be scared. But by crossing your arms, you're only reinforcing that behavior. So what you want to do is make sure you don't cross your arms, man. Like when you meet new people, do not cross your arms, whatever you do. Hiding the hands is a terrible thing to do as well. So crossing your arms is a is this behavior of a self-hugging way of protecting ourselves, or protecting our protecting our midsection because we feel vulnerable and scared. Um, even something such as holding your hands in front of your crutch. You might have noticed a lot of men do it. So if you're like literally like holding your hands in front of your crutch, like you're stood to a stood to attention, but with your hands in front of you, again, that's uh, Im- implies that you're anxious. Um, grabbing one arm across your chest. So if you let one arm dangle straight and then with the other arm, you're just holding onto an arm, that's a self-hugging behavior. And it's all this closed body language that implies that you're insecure, that you're anxious, that you're in this negative frame of mind. And it reinforces it as well. So state control is a thing. Like your body language dictates your mental, your mental, mental attitude, how you're feeling and vice versa. So if you put yourself in good postured body language, open, confident, you are more likely to feel positive mentally. So it's, it's vice, it 
back and forth, vice versa. Body language affects your mentality, mentality affects your body language, and body language affects how everyone perceives you and how your social interactions are going to go. So first of all, we don't want to be crossing our arms in interactions. Don't want to cross our arms because it's closed. We want to be open. We want to have a nice open body language when we meet people. Another thing as well, that if, if you're walking past us, say, a group that are like a group of a group of kids that are I don't know my you're, you're worried they're gonna mug you or worried they're gonna beat you up and they're being rowdy with each other and you can tell like you don't really wanna don't really wanna fuck with them or don't want anything to do with them. If you walk past a kid a group of kids like that that are gonna be looking for vulnerable people, if you walk past them with your arms crossed and your head down and your shoulders hunched, you are exhibiting closed body language. You're making yourself small. You're making yourself appear vulnerable. You're making yourself look scared because. You, you're scared of them and you're showing them that you're the you're the inferior you're an easy target you're easy prey that's the signals that you're giving off so you're much more likely to have problems if you walk past them with your head up if you walk past them with your your, your head up you're looking ahead uh your shoulders back your chest out good posture maybe even hands behind your back that's a very powerful dominant way to stand as well with your hands behind your back you're gonna be and, and just, just walk past them like a good pace good stride or maybe if you're swinging your arms like good swinging your arms you're gonna be showing them that you're confident in yourself you're confident in your abilities and on a subconscious level it's gonna they're gonna look at it and they're gonna think okay this guy's confident in his abilities he must be a good fighter or he's confident in his in he, he's fine he feel safe you feel secure and there's probably going to be a reason for that because he's i hate the term because it's been thrown around so much by jim bros alpha male so you get obviously you get this um dominant body language which is more open versus closed which is more subordinate so more being someone's little bitch basically so you don't want to be someone's little bitch you don't want to do it it's not the best thing to do so arms then, if you're standing, if you're meeting people, a good rule of thumb is to never cross your arms, like I said. You can either just leave your hands hanging down the sides, or if you're engaged in a conversation, a great thing to do is actually use your hands and involve your hands in the conversation. So right now as I'm speaking to you, I've got my hands at about the height of my chest, and I'm making mannerisms and gestures with my hands. And studies show that people that use their hands to talk are more engaging, They're, the, the, the conversations are more more engaging with their audience with the person that is talking with they're seen as being more open if they use their hands in the right way versus someone that's got a closed body language they're just going to look yeah it's not good don't do closed body language so yeah how how can i stand you can tell that i'm getting excited about this because the energy is building how could it probably also i did take modafinil this morning as well so that has some kind of contributing factor to my current mental state um so yeah how how should i stand how what should i do with my arms arms crossed is a no-no Hands by sides, all good. Even better if you, hands by sides is kind of neutral actually. It's a bit too formal. It depends on the circumstance. Let's say you just met someone out on a bar and you want to speak to them. But hands up, hands by your chest, making gestures, mannerisms is a great place to start. Show your palms. Don't be afraid to show the palms of your hands. The palm is an incredibly, is a, is a, is a good thing to show. It's a submissive trait in the sense that you're showing people your palms, but it's submissive in the sense that not that you're being someone's bitch, but that you're willing to, you're showing them you don't have any weapons. You're showing them you're not at, you're not dangerous. So if someone's hiding their palms, if they've got closed fists, it normally means that shit's about to go down. So again, like I said earlier, if you want to be, be if you're in an environment, a great thing to do where you feel a bit anxious, you feel a bit nervous, don't cross your arms. Instead, what you want to do, put your hands behind your back 
and hold onto your hands. Posture up, put your head up and make sure you have a good posture. So that state is gonna trickle into your mental state and make you feel a lot better and be perceived as a lot better. It's quite a dominant way to stand though. You might be perceived as being arrogant, but it's gonna, it's better than feeling anxious. So if you put your hands behind your back and hold them, what it's doing is it's basically open up, opening up all your front from an evolutionary point of view and you're saying, I'm not fucking scared of anyone attacking me because I'm such a, such a, a big dick motherfucker. I, I'm not even scared, bruh. That's what it's kind of saying. And then by having your head up as well, your chest out, you're, you're saying that you're not protecting your neck, which is another vulnerable reason. You're saying like, I don't give a fuck. And it's just a dominant and a good way to stand that's going to make you feel more confident if you're in a situation that's, that's scary. Like try it right now, man. Try it just there with your hands, cross your arms, put your head down. How does it feel? How does it feel? Do you feel like you're going to be a little bitch? Cross your legs as well. Cross your legs. Okay, now do some man spreading. Open up those legs. Put your hands behind your back. Put your head up. Put your chest up. And just, just look up. Look forwards. How does that feel? Feels a lot more, a lot, a lot better, doesn't it? You feel like you're ready to dominate. You're, you're a lot more confident. You're a lot more outgoing versus the opposite kyphotic state and these these points are especially relevant for women like women in business take it or leave it whatever whatever you want to say like um this is probably gonna rough a few people are probably a moan about this but there is well a few people are gonna moan that are idiots and deny biology there is distinct differences between men and women on a psychological and physical level and generally speaking women as a whole find this is being revealed by countless years of psychological studies and scientific research, women on a whole find dominant men more attractive in pretty much all species, all multicellular complex intelligent species. The females of a species find dominant men more attractive, the alpha male, and men find subordinate women more attractive. So women that are more submissive to them. And that's kind of, that, that, that's, that causes issues in business, for example, where if you want to be a woman that is absolutely killing it in business, you don't want to be seen as submissive. You don't want to develop this like this hierarchy or this this uh, this this relationship with people where it's it's you're this in this submissive position. You want to be dominant. You want to be an authoritative figure. So body language in the workplace, if you're female, is incredibly important, man. You got to realize that the the gender pay gap it doesn't. Again, this is a, a sensitive topic. It doesn't exist because people are inherently sexist and inherently biased and there's this like disgusting oppressiveness towards women. It exists because of these biological differences, because women are more agreeable. Women are less likely to, to be pushy. They're, they're, they're more likely to, to put themselves or be, be put in this sub, more submissive dynamic. So make sure... If you're, a, if you're a woman, that your body language is on check. Make sure that you're, if you're in the workplace, if you want to excel the ranks, if you're working in a competitive environment with men, make sure that you're you're doing all the right stuff and you're not exhibiting these, these oppressive or, or submissive traits. A great thing to do uh, that stuck out to me from the book that I've been reading was 
if you're if you're short, for example, uh, which is obviously women's on average, they're, they're a lot shorter than men, or if you're just a short guy, and if you want to be respected more, if you want to be heard more, if you're shorter, you're more likely to be interrupted in meetings, you're less likely to be listened to, you're more likely to be cut short. Um, if you want to be respected more, you should stand up when talking. If you're at a board meeting, maybe you should go up like you're getting a coffee, and then you'll be stood up, and then make your point once you're stood up. It's going to make you look more more assertive and make you, make you be respected more. Anyway, back to the point, because we're running out of time. I've only got about... 13 minutes before I got to get someone at the train station. I'm going to be late. Um, open body language then. Palms up is a good sign. Palms up means you're friendly, you're approachable. Palms down is a is a dominant trait, but it's dominant in the sense that not good. Like it, It's like I'm above you. There's a hierarchy and I'm above you. Think of like people that use their palm down gestures. So pointing is a palm down gesture. So put your palms towards the floor and like lay them out straight, and like, do you know when you say stop to someone? Whoa, stop to a little kid, and you put your hands, you have the palms facing down, and you like push them down to the ground. That is like a, a gesture saying that I'm I'm above you in that sense. Feet, okay, so we've done arms, how you should stand, how you shouldn't stand. Uh, feet, how should your feet be? The feet are connected to the brain, believe it or not. Not directly, the, the, the brain doesn't, connect straight to the feet. There's actually nerves that link the two. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, but the because because the, what I'm trying to say is because the brain is quite far away from the feet, the feet respond very well to subtle body language or like non or, or aren't very, you're not consciously aware of what your feet are doing. And the foot position can reveal a lot of things. So again, the most basic level I could speak for hours on this is it's looking for closed versus open foot positions, closed versus open behaviors. And these these cues and these these things that I'm talking about are so important to learn about if you are a dude and you want to get a girl, you want to get a date or whatever it is, if you want to just, or just meet people, man, they're so important for meeting people. Women are far better at body language than men. They have more more neurological pathways, they have better connections in regions associated with body language and with detecting people's behaviors. There's a reason why there's this like thing called like women's, what's it called, women's intuitive? No, women's, because um, of I, women's intuition. Female intuition is a thing, like it's an actual scientific thing. So men are just idiots. When it comes to picking up on people's emotions, behaviours, body language, men are not very good at it, which is why it's so important if you're a guy to really make sure that you learn it. So we are at an evolutionary disadvantage, which is quite interesting as well. Also interesting fact is uh, women have better peripheral vision than men at close range of around 45 degree peripheral vision, and it's very good. So for example, when you're, do you remember being a, a kid, if you're a guy, and you'll be like, mum, I can't find my wallet. I can't find my keys. You'll go into your room and find it in two seconds. More, more than likely, you're just being an idiot. But also, it's a contributing factor. It's probably going to be this evolutionary difference in the way that our eyes work and the way that our eyes function. Uh, another interesting thing is women also have a more rotated shoulder joint compared to men, which is fucking fascinating, which means that from an evolutionary point of view, they can cradle babies better. That's why we, we thought anthrop anthropologists thought we evolved in, involved in that way for that reason. Versus men, that have a less rotated shoulder joint so they have their elbows that their elbows naturally naturally flare out less which means that we're better at better at hunting and throwing spears and activities so it's the the whole saying throw like a girl actually has a physiological physiological premise like a biomechanically speaking 
girls do throw differently from men because of the rotation of their shoulder joint. But anyway, we have all these differences and women are a lot better. They're far superior at detecting body language than men. And that comes down to things like courtship as well. So for example, uh, a woman could be giving you a very, very obvious signal in terms of either fuck off and leave me alone or like, oh, I'm interested in you. Come and talk to me kind of thing. And we will just be completely oblivious. We've all been there if you're a guy. Like, you know, that some, you find out someone likes you. Someone loves like really trying, really interested in you. And you're, it just goes straight over your head. So backtracking to legs then. We got closed versus open. So open legs. Um, same with crossed arms. Crossed legs are generally bad. Quite, I'm talking from a man's point of view here because if you're a woman and you're wearing a dress, for example, you're gonna want to. You're not gonna want to sit with open legs. Uh, crossed legs are generally bad because it means that you're in a closed, negative mindset. You're trying to make yourself as small as possible to appear like you're not a threat to other things or other people because you're anxious, because you're scared, because you're negative. So the a good way to sit is the classic man spreading. Um, that's kind of a a, a a confident, like arrogant, dominating, dominating way to sit. It's the thing called a crutch display where men will display their crutch. So for example, if you sit with your legs legs apart, that is a crutch display because you feel comfortable. Comfortable, You'll quite often find yourself sitting like that in your own house. Um, again, like don't, don't really want to cross your legs. Uh, don't, don't do it. It's not a great thing. But a way that I like to sit when I'm out, it's pretty weird, man, how, how in depth you go on things such as sitting. A way I, I like to sit when I'm out is called a figure of four leg position. And someone whose body language like, I really, really, really like is Jordan Peterson because it's very assertive. It's very, he's confident in himself, but it's not dominating. It's not arrogant. It's not like obnoxious, but he still, he has very, very good body language. And I'm sure this is all calculated as well, given that he's a clinical psychologist. But you can sit with this figure of four leg position, it's called, where you basically just bring one leg up and then you just put your heel on your knee. And you have this like little little square in between your legs. And this is known as a crutch display because you're you're not in a closed position that is comfortable like crossing your legs and your crutch is on display if you're naked your dick would be out that's kind of the theory behind it so this figure of four leg position is a great way to great way to sit and then what do you do with your hands depending on the situation depending on the environment if you want it to be uh, be formal or in an authoritative position you can put your hands on your hips that's going to make you appear, appear bigger so open body language uh, you can lean on something if you're at a if you're feeling uncomfortable at a pub or a club or whatever uh, you can lean on something that's going to show that you feel ownership over it um, or you can do something if you're, let's say you're in a meeting and you're the top dog or you want to be respected and treated well, you can do something called steepling, which is basically where you put your hands together, you're not holding your hands, and then you just point your, your finger fingers up at the sky. And that's like a steepling position and it's known known as a position of authority or a position of, of power. But um, I feel like I'm going, I'm going, so much information, so much stuff to get over to you. So, but generally speaking, yeah, it's just again, closed versus open. You want to be sat in a nice, comfortable position, not huddled over, not with closed, kyphotic body language, legs included, and just be in, an, in a nice open position. If you're on a date with someone, if you're meeting with someone, and uh, it, it, the, the more, when, when, when people first meet, they typically have very closed body language. So if you meet in a, if a group have met for the first time standing up, you'd expect them to have, if they're standing, remember, they might have crossed legs, one leg over the other, they might have crossed arms, and they might have their head slightly down a little bit to protect their throat because they feel vulnerable. As people get more comfortable with each other, they'll open up. So in like courtship, if you're talking to a girl or a woman, or if you're on a date and you're talking to a guy, as you two feel more comfortable around each other, as you're creating this positive, positive environment, this positive attitude, 
the 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 gestures will begin to gradually open up and the and you'll as a person feels more comfortable and more happier to be around you they'll they'll uncross their arms maybe or they'll lean on something or take up more space and that's kind of like a cue as in like okay so maybe this maybe this person is having a good time they're feeling comfortable around me i'm saying the right thing if they cross their arms you've probably said something that's morbidly offensive another interesting one as well i love how this has just turned into a podcast about uh going on dates and <laughs> biological differences between men and women it's pretty interesting uh i find it interesting anyway but if you got this far you probably find this podcast interesting or you've just lost your phone and you're still connected to your bluetooth headphones you're like dude shut the fuck up uh but yeah another one that you can do is we're talking about arms covering the Another one you can look for is we're talking about arms covering the midsection, covering the torso, covering vulnerable regions of the body, is position of drinks. If you're sitting at a table opposite with someone, like think about if you've been on a if you've got if you're in a relationship or if you're going out with a parent or something with your mum, if she feels comfortable, she's happy around you, she's probably gonna put a drink straight in front of you. Your your mum, your friend, whatever it is. If they're comfortable, they'll probably put their drink straight in front of them. Sorry. If they're feeling a bit apprehensive, a bit nervous, a bit anxious, they're probably going to put their drink across them and they're going to keep a hand on their glass. And what that little gesture does by having the drink drink across them, so for example, if I have my drink in my right hand, it's going to be across my body to my left side. I'm forming a barrier with my arm. That's, again, this, this like hugging or barrier, this blocking type behavior where it's suggesting that this person isn't very comfortable or they're, they're, they're in this negative mindset. And it's, again, you're just looking, it's not one cue in isolation. You're looking for multiple things. But if you start to notice them then putting the drink on their right side with their right hand, so they're in an open body, open, open what's the word, open position to you, it's going to mean that they're feeling more comfortable. And then going back to legs and stuff. So another thing you can look at as well is if you're having a conversation with someone, these are just kind of my takeaways for the most uh, most important things that I find I use in my day to day. If you're having a conversation with someone, uh, look at the foot position, foot position and body position. So for example, the way that the feet are pointing quite often, quite often give an indication as to how someone is feeling. If we naturally stand at 45 degree angle to each other when we engage in conversations, like we do not stand perfectly straight facing each other. There's two things that are going on. If you meet someone and you're stood like head to head, shoulder to shoulder, facing each other directly straight on, either you're going to have a fight, like it's going to escalate, especially if they've got closed fists, especially if they've got like, a, they're, they're, they're covering the throat, you're probably going to have a fight. Or it's someone that you're very, very close to and they want an intimate relationship with you. Or it's someone that your girlfriend, for example, it's either intimacy or violence. It's one of the two. If you're stood directly facing each other and you've chosen to be that way, something's about to go down involving energy. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So we we, we naturally stand at a bit of an angle to each other. It's just how we, we naturally sit and naturally stand. But you've got to realize that the feet position moves. So if someone is liking the conversation, enjoying the conversation, their feet are probably going to be pretty, pretty evenly placed towards you. So they have their kind of 45 degree angle out from each feet and the, each foot and their foot position is going to be relatively even. It's going to be kind of pointing in your direction. It's not going to be very unlikely to be straight on, but it's going to be kind of pointing towards you. If someone's getting bored of your conversation, if they want to leave, then their feet naturally point towards the exit so watch it their feet will point away from the conversation they might have one foot which points more off to the left or off to the right or they might have both feet pointing that way or maybe they'll twist their body but it always starts at the feet it's a great way to look for cues so if you're talking to someone and you it's it's, it's very bad if they cut a conversation short because it means that they've got bored of you if you see their feet 
starting to move away, like they've got something on, I'd be like, okay, I've got to go. And then I would cut the conversation before they do. And it's all about reading their body language and reading gestures. Same thing with... um, with like an uh, with with, with exits for example, exits for example, people like to people like to like will point their feet or position their bodies towards an exit if they feel uncomfortable if they if they want to leave. So I'm pretty sure that's most of the stuff that I was going to go over. I'm sure there's a few other things. Uh, smiles, which is quite interesting as well. Uh, people that smile more are known as being more likable. They're being more friendly, more open. We have these things called mirror neurons in our brain where if we see people exhibiting a certain type of behavior, we're likely to feel exhibit the same behavior or associated emotions with it. Um, when you smile, when you have a genuine smile, it releases endorphins, which make you feel incredibly good, which is like a natural, natural painkiller is, is similar to the same reason why people get addicted to alcohol, actually. Alcohol loosens up the, the receptors associated with, with endorphin release and just makes everything relaxed. So that's why people get become alcoholics because they're addicted to that feeling of endorphins. But smiling releases endorphins as well, genuine smiles. So if you smile at someone, it's a, it's a pretty good thing to do. Smiling originated from an evolutionary point of view as a uh, as a as a submissive behavior to show that you're 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 not any not any danger, like you're you're happy kind of thing. But there's also cues and tells to look at when it comes to smiling. So I'll end on these last one, uh, the, the end on this last one. Uh, I feel like I've gone all over the place with this. You have to DM me and let me know if you enjoyed it because it's like so much information to get out there. I'm just doing all this by memory. The best way to learn something yourself is to teach it, 100%. Um, smiling then, there's the smile, ne- the eyes never lie is a, is a saying and it is completely true. In this, I've got it written down here, where have I got it written down? There are two types of muscles. Um, two types of muscles. I'm probably going to absolutely butcher the pronunciation of these. If I can find it. Here we go. Two types of muscles that are, or, or two types of muscle groups that are associated with smiling. We have zygomatic, which are muscles around the mouth, and these we're able to const- consciously control. So if we smile now, we're able to make ourselves smile and force ourselves to do it pretty much. And we can get this fake influencer Instagram smile, which I fucking hate, despise. And then we have the orbic, orbic, orbic dyslexia. Orbic Ulearis, orbicularis, so orb meaning eyes, orbicularis muscles, and those are associated with regions around the eyes. Those you cannot consciously control. So when these muscles contract, you get wrinkle lines forming around the eyes, or like a creasing of the eyes. So we have these zygomatic, the conscious muscles that we're able to control around the mouth, and then we have these orbicularis muscles around the eyes. When we have a genuine smile, both of those contract. So we get a smile from the mouth and we get a smile from the eyes as well. When we try and force a smile or fake it, or if we're pretending to smile for a photo or just trying to put ourselves, be in a positive mood, we don't get this contraction around around the eyes. We don't get this squinting around the eyes, which is why people say that the, the eyes never, never, never lie because of this muscle group. And it's it's pretty interesting. So if someone's trying to act positive or does like a fake fake smile, like a like a tight lipped smile, for example, that how how our lips are as well. Like if we have if we do a very tight lipped smile, our lips are puckered in, like half our smile with no eyes. Person's probably feeling nervous. It's quite submissive. They're probably not in a very positive mood. Versus a real genuine smile and genuine happiness. It's gonna it's gonna number one. It's gonna make you seem more attractive. It's gonna be more contagious as well. It's gonna make other people feel good. And uh, what I'm trying to get at is smile, man, smile. And we'll end on the eyes because I fucking love eyes. I find eyes fascinating. Like I absolutely love blue eyes. It's a it's a. I sound a bit like a Nazi on this, don't I? There's I'm pretty sure there's some horrific story of. Someone that used to collect blue eyes. I can't remember what it's from. Maybe some 
it's either a video game or it's something from a second world war but anyway um i'll end on the eyes because they say that the eyes never lie and part of the reason is because of those muscle groups that bicularis muscles so associated with the eyes because we can't consciously control them so when we smile a smile is going to be genuine but also the dilation of a pupil is an indication as to what sort of mood we're in so in a negative mood we're going to have a contracted pupil when there's adrenaline flowing around the system when we're worried when we're scared if we dislike someone if someone says something that we we don't like our pupils are going to contract and this is a uncontrollable response we can get more pinprick like pupils if we like someone if we're in a positive mood if we're feeling ecstasy if we've taken a load of ecstasy your pupils are going to dilate so dilation is associated with positive emotions it's associated with being attracted to someone if you ever had it where you've you've met someone or you've you're around someone you know that that really really like you your partner um that quite often if you've had sex with someone look into their eyes and you'll see that their pupils are really, really, really dilated. It's because they're sexually aroused. It's because they like you. It's because they're happy to be around you. So the eyes never lie. And um, there's, there's certain certain traits, certain things as well. So if you're looking for looking for pupil dilation, obviously eyes are going to be more dilated at night, but you still get variation irregardless of levels, levels of light, which is relative to how, how someone's mood is going to be perceived. So um, the reason that we have the whites in the eyes is for communication means like we, we having having white eyes isn't good. Like it's going to make us more visible to, to prey if we're trying to hunt, if we're trying to it's going to make us less effective hunters. It's going to make us less better at being camouflaged. But the whites in our eyes allow other, other people to see how we're feeling, to detect how we're feeling. So. The, the, the another another courting cue from women in particular is head down, looking up at you with kind of like a exposing the neck with kind of a cheeky like a cheeky smile or cheeky grin. That's kind of like a, a, a good indication that someone is into you. And what that's doing is it's exposing the neck, which is a vulnerable area. It's a submissive cue. Number one, obviously men find submissive women more attractive. Number two, it's exposing the eyes more. So you're looking up through the brow. They're looking up through the brow. It's exposing the eyes and showing the pupils and showing pupil dilation. So the eyes never lie. And I could speak so much more about this, but I've got to wrap it up. Uh, in summary, don't cross your arms. Don't cross your legs. Don't exhibit closed body language and unless you're getting the shit kicked in to you then you should probably exhibit closed body language be open you know smile show your palms of your hands talk with charisma talk with your hands don't hide your hands behind your back realize that state control you can control it the way you can you can control the way you feel by exhibiting good body language by exhibiting positive open body language not having your arms crossed it's going to make you feel a lot more positive and confident sit in a figure four leg position sit with your if you want to be assertive with your hands on your hips or in a in a steepling position or with your your hands on your knees if you're sitting down i wouldn't necessarily say that though because it's like you're forming an arm barrier or if you're feeling very anxious and vulnerable put your hands behind your back hold to your hands don't hold your arm because that's known as a self-hugging behavior hold your hands chest up shoulders back and it will make you feel more more assertive and dominant anyway i'm gonna be late um just remember those little things and let me know if you like this because it's very 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 different to what i normally do i think in a, in a if i if i was to completely overhaul my life and do something completely different from what i'm doing right now i would seriously consider being having something to do with psychology or body language or human communication like i find hostage negotiating really really interesting so um so yeah there's there's one for you but a uh, bit of a random one and let me know if you took took anything away from this as well drop me a dm on instagram at my samuels and as always boys and girls I appreciate it. Thank you for the love. Thank you for all the messages regarding the podcast as well. 
and uh, give me a suggestion in terms of what you want to hear me talk about next time. I've had a lot of requests for festivals and music and other things, and it's a very different direction in terms of like knowledge. I'm just to be talking about very superficial things, but I'm happy to do that if enough people want it. But anyway, I'll get off. Absolutely smash your day, and uh, remember, be conscious of your body language. Books I've mentioned or books that I've referenced are What Everybody's Saying and The Definitive Book of Body Language. If you have any other recommendations, drop me a message and uh, I will pick them up. But anyway, peace out. I love the bits. Thank you. Goodbye.